Welcome to the Over Beers Podcast. I'm Freddie Clark. Craft beer is popular. However, to many, it can still be a mysterious product that people misunderstand. Lots will say, I don't like craft beer. After trying maybe only one or two that don't agree with their palate. People have many different tastes, many different likes and dislikes. And like any other food, there are many different types of beer with a variety of different tastes. Some may find the sheer number of beer, styles, and breweries overwhelming and just not know where to start. The goal of this podcast, Over Beers, is to remove some of the mystery behind the term craft beer, bring you conversations with professionals in the world of beer, help explain some of the terms in beer, and more importantly, introduce you to different styles of beer so you can experience the world of flavors that exist in craft beer. Come on along. In today's conversation, we're going to be talking about a device called a Randall. So just in case you don't know what it is, let's talk about it for a minute. A Randall, which is short for Randall the Enamel Animal, was invented by Dogfish Head Brewing in Delaware. In Sam Calagione's own words, Randall the Enamel Animal is the original gangster organoleptic hop transducing module. Basically, it's a sophisticated filter system that allows the user to run draft beer through a chamber filled with whole leaf hops, spices, herbs, fruits, whatever, so that the alcohol in the beer strips the flavor from whatever you add and puts it into the beer. It was first developed in 2002 for a hop beer showdown called the Lupulin Slam. Dogfish had ran their 120-minute IPA through a Randall that was loaded with whole leaf Cascade and Willamette hops. As the beer passed through the device, the alcohol strips off the oil of the hop leaves. The beer that came out the other end was soaked in hop flavors and aromas not otherwise possible. It was such a hit at the event that other brewers and restaurants wanted Randalls of their own, so Dogfish Head started selling them. Today, it's not uncommon for tap rooms to have a Randall and run their beers through them, loaded with all kinds of different ingredients to give new flavors. Sometimes a Randall experiment can lead to new recipe ideas to be tried later in the brewing process. If you've never tried it, check out a tap room with a Randall, give it a go, you're going to have a lot of fun. Which leads us to this week's guest. A couple of weeks ago, I visited the tap room of Jersey Girl Brewing Company to sit down with Chuck Aaron. In 2014, Chuck and his partner Mike Bigger opened Jersey Girl on Sandshore Road in Hackettstown, New Jersey. We sat down to have a conversation about their brewery over beers. So Mike and I, Mike is my partner. We've been talking about opening a brewery for, for probably five or six years. And um, Mike was a home brewer, mm-hmm. and I had never brewed before. But okay. we had a, a common love for craft beer. So we would go out and we'd, we'd try to find craft beers and sample craft beers. And we had gone out to a bar one night, and we're, we're talking about a craft beer that had just launched, and we were trying it out. And, and I said... Mike, are you really serious about this craft beer idea of creating a brewery and creating a, a New Jersey brand beer? Um, and he said, yeah, I am, if you are. And and at that point, kind of the, the idea of create, opening a brewery and creating these beers started. That's where it started, okay. It is, it is where it started. And how, so how long ago was that? That's about five years ago. That was ago. five years yeah. ago, okay. And then the, the process of getting it all together. It and, takes forever. Yeah. The, the, the federal licensing, the state licensing, while, you know, I understand the process, it's just long and drawn out. Mm-hmm. It's, I remember submitting uh, three two-inch thick binders of paperwork. Yeah. And, you know, the same paperwork in triplicate 
when we had to submit our license out to, right. to get approval. And the town, you know, getting our town behind us and the support from the town has been great. So that process alone of getting variances to open up the business here, that all just takes time. You know, the, the big catalyst for us was in 2012 when Governor Christie changed the laws allowing mm-hmm. sample rooms to sell beer. It really opened up the market for breweries to put together a real business plan that could say, listen, I love, you know, having craft beer and brewing craft beer, but I also like the idea of having people come to the brewery and mm-hmm. let me show them what I do. Let right. me teach them about craft beer. Um, and at the same time, make money from that process as well. And it changed everything. Right. We went from a point when Mike and I had started looking at opening up the brewery, I think there were 15 to 20. And then within the last couple of years, it's blown up. Like you well, said, over it, 70. Yeah. Oh, and and it, like you said, that, that law change in 2012-ish. 12, 13, yeah. yeah that, that changed everything. That changed everything. And now you can, you've can you got the business model where it's it's at least two-pronged for you. Well, that's it's, where Mike and I started talking. Yeah. You know, as soon as the law changed, we were we were together shortly thereafter and said, let's, let's, let's really do this. do this. It was October 2014 when we finally, I left my, my corporate job okay. and came to do this full-time. Mike still works full-time. Okay. So we, we balance that out. I run the data day-to-day operations and then he comes in on weekends he comes in when he can okay. to help out we always talk about what are we going to brew what are, what's the style we're looking for um, so in October 2014 we started the process formally and then we rented the building out in the following June 2015 mm-hmm. we opened up in April of 2016 so we're opened up about 15 16 months, months now. now cool what was the thinking behind the beers you guys were gonna do? Like, so did you have a, a mindset of, we're gonna go at it from West Coast style, uh, traditional German, traditional Belgian. Is there any thinking there? Like, what? It, how did you wanna approach it? We wanted to do a little bit of everything. Okay. It, it's, the, it's the pie in the sky of, we'd like to try to do a lot of diverse beers. We always figured we'd have four flagships okay. and then we'd have some rotating seasonal styles. Finding a flagship is not an easy process for a brewery mm-hmm. to find that beer that people kind of gravitate to and say, well, that's a, that's a really solid beer. We're going to buy it every time we see it on, on the shelf or on a tap. Um, since we've opened up, we've actually brewed almost 45, 50 different styles. We, we did 40 in alone our first months. year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're on a 30 barrel brew house system here. So for us to brew, I mean, the smallest batch we'll do is about 15 barrels. Which is still a big batch. Still a big batch, yeah. considering a lot of the breweries that are opening up in New Jersey are 7, 10, 15 barrels right. alone. And you don't, you don't have a pilot system, so you don't have like a five-barrel system, just... We've got a small tippy. It's a, it's okay. a more beer, 20-gallon system that okay. we do an occasional beer for the tap room only. Okay. But we don't have a pilot system. Right. So when we do our recipes, when we launched Rake Breaker, the first time we ever brewed it was on the big house. We threw it up there, and, and, it's, and it's how we broke the rake. One of your IPAs, your New England-style IPA, is called Rake Breaker. It's called Rake Breaker, yeah. And it's because... We put a lot of oats in that. We put a lot mm-hmm. of oats along with the grain into our lauder ton. And when we went to, we, we had transferred out from the lauder ton to the boil kettle. When we got to graining out, we have a rake inside of our lauder ton that we, we put it in reverse and it starts to push the grains out. Mm-hmm. Well, we put it in reverse. We thought it was stuck, kind of went back and forth a little bit with it and then cranked it again. And it literally, it snapped the 
stainless steel rod that goes from the motor on the top of the tank down to the rake. We sheared it right off. And uh, we wound up hand graining out for the first time. And, uh, and that was a lot That was a lot of work. And then to add insult to injury, we, we brewed rake breaker again. And the second time we brewed it, we broke the rake again. It happened again. We, we did it twice. <laughs> we've done it twice. So we've had to repair the rake twice in the tank. Um, but Eric... Stronger rods now? No, it's the same rod. We just, we're a little bit more gentle with it now. Okay. You learn you learn to take it easy on your equipment. Um, Eric actually, Eric's our sellerman, and he said, he, he came right off, we, he was back brewing with us, he said, oh, that's it, we gotta call it Rake Breaker. And that's where the name came from. And it stuck. And it, it just stuck. Yep. Now that's one of your your foundational, one of your flagships, It right? is a flagship. It's okay. one of the one of the largest selling beers that we have. Okay. Uh, it's it's reaching the largest audience right now. Okay. Um, so it was our first flagship. All right, yeah. I, I, I see that one around a good chunk of New Jersey as I travel around. That is, we're that about is out 11, about. You know, we're in about 11 counties now. Okay. Um, we yeah. are not in about. We are actually in 11 counties now. Okay. Uh, we have 10 more coming online soon. Um, we have our distributors lined up. We, we had started through self-distribution, mm-hmm. but it's just, we want to we want to focus on the beer. We want to focus on the product on the front end and let the distributors do what they do well. And that's right. sell and distribute, build relationships and get the product to the market for mm-hmm. us. Um, and it's it's been a model change, a business plan change. It's actually really benefited our growth. Breweries with more history, I don't see as much uh, distribution in a lot of them, as I see with you guys. There's the big breweries in, in the state. There's Ramstein, there's Cricket Hill, there's Flying Fish, there's River Horse. Uh, they're just everywhere. Yep. Carton is starting to be everywhere as well. Kane is everywhere. Forgotten Boardwalk. You, you're seeing these breweries that came up much earlier than us that are that are really out there now in a really solid way. Um, and it's good to see them. At the same time, we have a lot of these um, smaller breweries that are all over the state that are dotted all over the state that have gotten into canning through mobile canning. Mm-hmm. And now we're all side by side on the shelf. So the beauty of it is you're starting to see complete cabinets dedicated to New Jersey craft beer. Yep. I'm a big believer that there's enough great beer in New Jersey across all of our breweries that we shouldn't be importing so much beer. We yep. don't need as much beer from outside the state because you just have to get a craft beer from New Jersey. You can have a great experience. 99 times out of 100, it's gonna be fresher. It's going to be something that's that's their days, not weeks. Exactly. You know, so it definitely makes a big difference. It, it makes a, it makes for a better beer experience mm-hmm. as a consumer. Yep. Right. If I'm if I'm having a beer and I take a can off the shelf and I look at the canned on date or bottled date, and it was last week, well that that tells me a lot about the freshness of the beer, how how long it's been on the shelf. Yep. And it, you'll get things like like our beer. It'll get canned on a Thursday, Friday. It'll get picked up on Monday. By the following Friday, it's already out across yeah. New Jersey. You can't get any real fresher than that other than coming to the sample room and we'll pour you a beer right, right out right of the there. fermentation tank. Yeah. I had one that literally the guy who, the local craft beer store that, that's really good by me, I walked in and I'm like, what do you got? And he's like, oh, this just came in. I mean, he just came in, take it. And he goes, it's really good. We, 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 you know, tapped off a can. And I got home and I was like, this is, I've never had a beer. You could t- taste the difference of it being Absolutely. that fresh. And I, you know what, what's good about that is it's helping people in New Jersey, consumers in New Jersey understand what 
the value of a craft beer is, right? So why why do I want to support local beer? Why do I want, well, I can tell you, if you put our beers side by side to mass produced beer, you can taste the difference. Mm-hmm. And there's a place and time for every style of beer. You know, there's there's a home for all styles of beer. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think we're trying to say, let's not have other options. But at the same time, as your palate improves, as you start to taste the quality of the malts and the hops, and you can understand the impact of yeast on beer and you get that variety, there's no reason why you shouldn't enjoy a good beer. Right. It's like a it's like a really good wine. There's a time and place for fast food, right. and there's a time and place for a really good home cooked or really fine made dinner in a restaurant. Exactly. And it's and there's no difference in beer. No, it's the same I, type of thing. It's it's such a great thing to to be able to sample the different beers now Mm -hmm. because you can go in and grab a couple of different four packs now you don't have to buy a 24 pack of beer or you know a 36 pack i can get 36 and and have six or seven different styles of beer at one time and and have a good time experiencing all that beer Uh, the tap room environment is great for that because you can i mean like we're going to be doing in a little while you can sit down and have four or eight different beers in the course of an hour and get all kinds of different flavors under your belt the next time. We we try to keep our distribution beers limited. Mm-hmm. So we you know we have a handful of beers that go out to the market. A lot of the beers that you're gonna try today, you can only get in the sample room. Right. Or at very special accounts where we work with a distributor and say, here are here's a pallet of beer, distribute it to our you know your best accounts and give them something different or special and it's nice for them to be able to say oh you can only get this here or in the sample room so uh you know out of the eight beers that we have in front of us right now half of them are in distribution the other half you can only get here jersey girl the name sure <laughs> where where was the genesis what's the genesis of that it, it's inevitably the question when we do when i do a brew tour in the back right. on a on a weekend or a weekday it's either the first question I get or the last question I get right. because people look at me and say, well, you're one of the owners and he's the other owner. You're two middle-aged guys with a brewery <laughs> called Jersey Girl Brewing. What gives? Um, we struggled for a long time to pick a name. Um, it took us probably three months to come up with a name. And, and the way it came about was we wanted Jersey in the name. We wanted mm-hmm. people to know that we are a Jersey brewery if the beer happens to get out of state. If, if it happens to get out of the boundaries of New Jersey, we're proud that we're brewed in New Jersey. And uh, the genesis of that was, okay, if it has to have Jersey in it, how do we represent beer at the same time? And the one thing about growing up in New Jersey is that we've learned that you know, no two Jersey girls are alike, right? Okay. And, and that's just, that's a hard fact. And when, when we say that during the tour, and you look across at all the women, they acknowledge, yeah, we're all different. We're strong individuals. We're sweet. We're sour. We're bitter. We're tart. Whatever it is. And then there's there's a combination of beers of saying, well, no two beers are alike. They're, mm-hmm. they're all different and unique and individual. So for us, Jersey Girl Brewing, Jersey Girl Brewing represents not a person or a woman. It's the diversity of beers that are available in the market today. And that's where the name comes from. Okay. It's just an acknowledgement and saying that this is something, Jersey girls are very important to New Jersey okay. because of their diversity. Beers are very important to craft beer because of their diversity. Distribution wise, so yep. just New Jersey now? I mean, we are kind of close. We're not too far from the Pennsylvania border here. We're close. 
how are you out into PA or is it just New Jersey right now? We're just Jersey right now. Okay. I, I think the important part is that we've set up distribution partners to cover all 21 counties. Mm -hmm. So we already have, we have a distributor for the lower part of New Jersey. We just haven't opened it up yet because the, the challenge is under over-promising and under-delivering, right? Mm -hmm. if, if I make a commitment to you as a distributor that you're gonna have beer, I need to be sure I have beer to give you. We Like we've said, we've got about, well not about, we've got eight in front of us right now. So if I'm person just getting into craft beer or actually just, you know, driving by, sure. walk in, where do I start? I, you know what? I think we're gonna do them in order only okay. because um, in the order that they're laid out because we're going to go from kind of a, a, a nice light Belgian all the way to a dark stout. We'll have a couple of IPAs in between, okay. but we're going to split those IPAs up a little bit with, with some Belgian doubles, Pils, Kolsch. We'll, we'll mix it up a little bit so the palate will have a chance to uh, refresh okay. before we move on to the next one. The first beer is King Gambrinus, and this is a beer that we had brewed for the first time uh, end of last year. Um, it was in the second half of last year. We wanted to do a Belgian triple, a bigger beer. We had always mm -hmm. had initially beers that were five and a half and lower, mm -hmm. primarily, really. Um, and we wanted a big beer, so we started brewing King Gambrinus as our Belgian triple. It, it's, it is a beautiful, uh, traditional Belgian. You'll, you'll get a lot of uh, fruitiness to it. You're going to get a, a bit of banana to it. You're going to get a traditional. We use a... a a Chimay clone yeast on this one. Okay. So it does get a traditional flavor to it. It's the first beer that we won an award for, uh, the People's Choice Award at the um, Morristown Armory Big Brew Fest. Okay. This was People's Choice Award last year. So and it had just come out, so we we're really excited about that. So this is this is one that we keep brewing and bringing back. It's 10%. So it is a very big beer, but it doesn't shouldn't it, drink like a ten. It does not. I was just gonna say it does not taste like. A, I mean, there's a in the after. Mm -hmm. I feel it. Sure. But it's not overpowering. It's it's also very young. We just took it out of the tanks um, about a week ago. Okay. Some from fermentation to kegs. So this is a great example of a beer that, if it sits about another two weeks, a lot of that's gonna you know that burn's gonna go away. It's gonna settle out a little settle bit out. more. Yeah. But I mean, it's not for being young. It, it's not overpowering now. Yeah, it you should know. it should be a nice drinkable yeah. beer, um, but it's the most common you know response we get to this beer is wow it's it's really flavorful, but I don't get a burn from ten right. percent. I can't believe I'm drinking a ten yep. percent beer. Yep. We have a, a kind of a habit of that. A lot of our big beers don't taste like they're big. They don't taste boozy. They don't taste like you're you're drinking uh, heavy alcohol. Right. Um, it's just nice light drinker. But Gold Rush is our first shot at a, a West Coast IPA. Um, we've tried to bring in, you know, Columbus, Centennial, Simcoe in this in this blend to create a, a beautiful golden unfiltered IPA um, that has a lot of character to it, a lot of mm -hmm. flavor. The thing we're going to change on this is um, we're going to probably bring back the malty flavor a little bit okay. and increase the hop flavor to it. Give it a little bit more bite because a it's a bit bite. too sweet right now. Well, it's a, it is more. I, I, the malt came forward for me the first sip, mm -hmm. um, which is not a bad thing. It's definitely not a bad thing. I, I think as a as a West Coast, it, it's a beautiful first opportunity mm -hmm. at it. And again, we're, we're brewing on a 30 barrel system. So kind of changing the course is like moving an ocean liner. Right, you right. Know, you turn the wheel, but it's going to take a while for it to shift. So we have to go uh, through the end of the, this 
batch and then we'll brew another one after that but we're really close i mean the the fans people come in and and come to the sample room the the cans that we put in the market are flying off the shelf so Mm -hmm. that's that's a good indicator that the beer is on the right path but i think the feedback is telling us a little bit more bitter Bitter, okay a little less sweet well that's the nice also nice thing about craft in general is the ability to tweak Right. The ability, it's not a set in stone recipe that has been in place for 30 years right. and you're not changing it no matter what. Right. Is that you, you know, you can batch to batch. There can be different different flavors, different things brought forward or like you said back off the hops a little bit. Uh, back off the malt a little bit. What I like about the process of beer and brewing and and now that I'm into it a year and a half and we try to improve every batch that we do. Mm-hmm. That's really the only way to figure out how to make the best beer you can make. Um, mm-hmm. And that's part of the art of, of brewing, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is is that trial and error. Yeah. And you make a mistake, you make a mistake. Yeah. And and you can drink your mistakes, too. That's the beauty <laughs> of it. That's the beauty yeah, of it. Um, the next one's our flagship. This is Rake Breaker. Yeah, Rake Breaker. Rake Breaker comes in at 6.5%. Uh, it is, it's a mosaic, primarily mosaic. Um hop with amarillo in there as well Mm -hmm. it's it's a new england style ipa so it's designed with oats in it to have kind of a creamier mouthfeel yep to have a bit more of a grapefruit nose to it um drinks beautifully i think this is just a a wonderful beer which i'm allowed to say about my own beer right oh yeah you can absolutely always (laughs) say that about your own i think you know what (laughs) i i've learned in beer that you try to make a beer that everybody's going to enjoy, but you're not going to make everybody happy well, that's, with the yeah. beer that you have. So, you know, like Gold Rush, I'll be the first one to, to say this is what I'd like to change about mm-hmm. it. But when we when we hit it, I'm very proud to say this is a Jersey Girl beer. Yeah. On the weekends, I love when a group of a group of craft beer. <clears throat> People come in, and then they have one person in the group that just comes right to the bar and say, what What can we get for you? And they said, I just don't like craft beer. I'm not a craft beer drinker. All right, well, give us a chance. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'm going to go through a couple of ideas for you. What do you like to drink when you do drink? And we'll get all kinds of feedback about, oh, I want something heavy. I want something light. Oh, I like light beers. I like dark beers. So we try to match the person to the beer as best we can. Now, occasionally we fail. Mm-hmm. We can't find a beer for them. But usually 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10 times, we'll find a beer for right. somebody that they'll enjoy. Yeah. All right. So next up is the Abbey. Abbey Doubles. So we had brewed King Gambrinus as a triple. Mm-hmm. We decided we had the yeast left from the King Gambrinus, and we knew that that, was, that first batch was going to get done. We decided we wanted to do take that yeast and rather than try to hold it for the next brew of uh, King Gambrinus, we decided we would do a, a Belgian double with it, mm-hmm. and we did a nice Abbey double. Um, it it is what I like about this is the color with the color on this one with the with still that nose of of the Belgian. You get a little bit of that King Gambrinus nose on it. It's a bit sweeter. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get that that plum in there. You get you get a bit of fruitiness with the banana in there. A bit of bit of pear in there as well. Yep. Well, the style itself right now is not over the top popular. Right. You know, in general, because mm-hmm. in you know when I look at them in stores, I mean, I'll <laughs> I had to brush dust off a bottle of Belgian the other day. You know, so it, they're it's the way they are. Yeah. I mean, they're not jumping out. Yeah. Yet they're not. Uh, 
they're not fan favorites yet. I, you know, I wonder if they will. Yeah. They're they're really beautiful beers. Um, they they pair well with foods. Um, but I I wonder if the market, you know, maybe it's just a Jersey thing, but maybe the Jersey market isn't ready for the Belgians yet. Chimay's do extremely well in New Jersey, so mm-hmm. the Duvels do really well. Um, so I think there's a place for them. Um, but I think as people start to find them, they'll realize, and yeah. it, that's going to come as a function of. You know, I haven't had this one yet. Yep. Okay, I'm going to try it out. And you might have to blow the dust off of it a little bit, but it's worth the trip. It's yeah. worth it's oh, worth the tasting. Absolutely. And I think generally the New Jersey craft market is young. It's new-ish. Sure. I mean, you know, 2012, I mean, there were a few before 2012. Like you yep. said, there were like 15 when you sure. were. But it's still a growing market, and people are still discovering. You know, but and, New Jersey's ranked... 47th, 46th, 47th per capita of breweries to population. Right, y- you wonder, what a, what availability do they have to other beers other mm-hmm. than the big mega beers? Yeah. Um, and so I think it's a, I think you're right. It's a palate development process. They, the, the New Jersey consumers are getting introduced to it. And there's, there's, a, there's a pocket of craft beer people in New Jersey that are that are truly craft beer drinkers and, mm-hmm. and they know their product inside and out they know their styles they know everything about beer but that's evolving now it's growing because of the number of breweries that's opening up yep I was at a party uh, friend's house warming party and it was a you know Miller Lite keg in the corner sure and uh, the how the person who was having the party he knows I like beer and he's like oh I got some stuff in the fridge come on and so we went well, we come back out and one of our neighbors is sitting there Mm-hmm. And he's drinking his Miller Lite, and he and I'm drinking an IPA, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I don't. Uh, it's not my thing. I mm-hmm. like my Miller Lite." And I'm like, "Well, try it, you know." And and I and, he, and he's like, "Well, yeah, that's not too bad." But I said, "Well, tell you what, you know, come by one day, or we'll go out to one of the local breweries, yep, and just give it a shot. You'll, yeah. I would bet money, you'll find something at a decent tap house or a decent bar mm-hmm. that you like in the craft." Category. You have to. Yeah. It's if if you like beer, it's hard not to find a craft beer that fits your style. I've got a friend, a really good friend of mine, Billy, here in town. He, he and I've known each other for a long time, and I remember the first time he came to the brewery. He, he came as a as a friend, you know. Chuck, I really, I'm a Miller, you know, Miller genuine draft guy right. or Miller light guy. That's all I want. That's all I want. And he would try begrudgingly, you know. He'd have a beer here and there. Um, but I was with him. Uh, we were at a friend's house uh, a couple of weekends ago, and I brought over our Pilsner and I brought over our Kolsch. And I said, Billy, I, th- I think we've got you a craft version. It's still a craft beer, but it's a lighter craft beer. Mm-hmm. And and he enjoyed both of them tremendously. Right. We're, we're working our way towards okay. it now, which is good. Um, but it, it's, you know, the, the couple of beers in, that we have that are that style, we've did them to help people make that transition to craft mm-hmm. beer. You, you don't want a big, heavy King Gambrinus Belgian triple at 10%. You don't want to wake up and smell the coffee chocolate porter at 10%. You want a light beer? Here you go. Here's, yep. a, here's a Pilsner. Yep. It's a lager, and it's it's really a good drinker. Cool. 
All right, so next up is the Sunkissed Citra. Sunkissed Citra. And like I told you earlier, this has become my Game of Thrones beer. <laughs> it's it's a <laughs> wonderful beer. Being a Game of Thrones fan myself, it, that's a great combination. I've been I've been enjoying um, King Gambrinus okay. during during that, my that fits too. That that's my Game of Thrones beer, but um, I could really see this one fitting. And this is a this is a great beer. Yeah, and and it's the what I loved about this originally is it. It was one of the beers that definitely lived up to its name. The Citra. The Citra. Yep. I sat down with it, and I expected a citrus body to it, and it did not disappoint. It was all there, right? Yep. This is we, – we, we continue to work the recipe. Again, here's a great example. The, the, the beer that you're having tonight, we went from a pound of hops per barrel to a pound and a half of hops per barrel. So we we significantly increased our, our hop addition on this beer. And and I love the flavor of it. I mean, it really, the nose on it, as soon as you pour it off tap or you crack it open in a can, you get that mm-hmm. citrus smell yep. immediately. And it it's one of the things I love about this beer is the nose is just tremendous. And I think that's a huge part of beer and drinking beer. It's not, it's not just that experience in the glass. It's what are your other senses right. picking up yep. as you're enjoying this beer. And I think this is one that really puts your senses to the to the test. Yeah, At the same time, we like to play. That's where our tippy comes in, our 20-gallon system. Right. We want to do something different. We're, we're getting ready to launch a beer that is a one, it's just a half a barrel of beer. It's a blonde ale, and we partnered with the, the Fur Farm, which is a hop farm down in, in uh, Central Jersey. They handpicked Centennial Hops, brought it up here. We brought Warren from Homebrew University, which is here in Hackettstown. He came over, put a recipe together. We brewed it in fresh hop brewed that with the Centennial Hops, nice. with the wet hop. And it creates such a great flavor. It's the only hop you taste in that beer. And it's it's amazing how you can stylistically create a really nice base beer, drop a hop on it, and really make that the featured hop. Yep. And it just comes through really so- in a solid way. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, amazing what you what you can do. I mean, like even just running a beer through a Randall, yeah, you know, with yeah. a whole bunch of different hops in it, absolutely changes it dramatically. It does. And yep. We do that. We try to do it. We've done it the last couple of weekends. We have a Randall here. We've run okay. it the last couple of weekends. Um, it's fun. Yeah. Just you, you the, the team comes up with such creative ideas. Now, we did Chinook this weekend. We ran Chinook through okay. with one of our beers. Um, but in the past, we've run our porter. We had a porter that we ran through Mounds and York Peppermint Patties. Okay. Yeah. And and it everybody loved it. It yep. was just a great combination of yeah. flavors. And you can just so have fun with it. Yeah. You had fun with the, it. The tap room here is big enough to hold a... An army, I would say. <laughs> so definitely swing by the tap room, and then so can wise. Yep. Uh, Rake breaker, Gold Rush is limited. Gold Rush is limited till we we expand that out. Okay. Yep. And then I know Citra's been around. Sunkiss Citra, Sun- yeah. Is that that's going to be remaining cans? That's going to stay in cans. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a great beer. It's Rake breaker, and and it. I thought Rake breaker was going to be the one that was going to kind of just keep going strong. Well, now that Sunkist is out, it's starting to really catch up with Rake Breaker right. and uh, they're, they're neck and neck. So we'll uh, see, we'll uh, see. Uh, I think it's gonna be interesting to see also with, with what we do over time, because uh, while Rake Breaker and Sunkist are great beers, we're gonna be expected to do more and different. Mm-hmm. And consumers are gonna want something different from us. Um, so we may see how it how that product life cycle plays okay. out. Where do you see Jersey Girl heading? What's your plan? 
we're ahead of our business plan, which is good on okay. the, on the business good. side. I, I just want to continue to cover the 21 counties in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good, positive opportunity just in the state alone. Jersey is a great state. And we haven't even begun to scratch the surface of what we can do just in New Jersey. Um, so I think that's short term. That's that's our real focus okay. is how do we become that full Jersey brand that that everybody knows about and everybody enjoys. Thanks a lot, Chuck. Check out JerseyGirlBrewing.com for more information about their brewery. Look for their beers at a store near you in Jersey or visit their tap room at 426 Sandshore Road in Hackettstown. Thanks for joining me this week. You can find out more about the podcast at the blog at overbeers.beer. Please leave a rating for the podcast or send me an email. I'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas for the show. The email address is cheers at santefoto.com. I'm Freddie Clark, and this has been Over Beers.